0: You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Last year, I tried a new film that I'd never used before, and over the course of four roles, I fell in love with it. What I love most is the way that this film captures the world around us in a new and exciting way. I love it so much that I even decided to run the third competition on this podcast based around that film, which hopefully will turn into a community zine in the middle of this year. I'm, of course, talking about Lomography's Lomochrome Purple. Keep listening for a review of the film, which I hope will inspire you to shoot it if you haven't already. Also, keep listening to hear which Kodak films people would love to see released this year. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. analog photography related. friends, how are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 42, 42, 42 of Matt Loves Cameras. And today's episode is all about Lomography's Lomachrome Purple, a film which I really, really love. Now, lately, I've been very busy putting this episode together, and I've also been on a new app. Yes, there's a new app in town. I'm not sure if this is just a a whirlwind kind of app, which will be here one minute, gone the next, or this one's around to stay. Uh, But I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It's an app called Clubhouse. So it's basically like a group audio chat. So if you remember back to you know a year ago, uh, Zoom those Zoom meetings, uh, all the rage, where all these people went on video together. It's kind of like that, but without the video. Uh, So it's just audio. At the moment, it's only available on iPhone and it's only available um, by invites only. So they they create this hype around the app where you have to have an invite. So someone has to invite you to sign up for the app and all this. Uh, So I've been on there quite a few times. There's a lot of uh, film photographers on there. And I was a bit sceptical at first. Oh, can you hear that thunder? There's a thunderstorm here tonight. And uh, I was a bit sceptical. Uh, but, you know, I, I've actually listened to quite a few really, really interesting conversations, uh, mainly with people from the Neg Pos crew, so Mike Gutterman and Andre Dominguez in particular, but loads of other film photographers. So if you're on Clubhouse, give me a follow and I'll follow you back. I'm at Matt Murray. Matt loves cameras was too long. So I'm at Matt Murray. And uh, it was interesting. I was in a chat the other day, and uh, you sort of, you go into a chat and then someone who's moderating the chat will invite you to become a speaker if you want to you speak. Otherwise, you can just listen and you can't talk. So uh, it said, oh, you've been nominated as a speaker. So I accepted and then I muted myself because I was uh, just doing some jobs around the house. And all of a sudden, I heard Andre Dominguez in Los Angeles say, oh, Matt Murray's here. Uh, Matt's running a competition about Lomochrome lemo- Purple. And all of a sudden, I panicked and thought, oh, gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? But uh, then I gave people a rundown of the competition. And um, to my surprise, um, a couple of people were really, really interested in asking me questions about the competition and all this kind of stuff. And so all of a sudden, in that one conversation, um, I really thought, wow, this is really powerful. All of a sudden, i got two new people who were interested in joining uh, the competition uh, through the podcast. So yeah, thank you to Andre for putting me on the spot, because it, it really did um show me the power of this app and uh, hopefully there'll be many more interesting conversations on the app so there you go the app is called clubhouse now if you need an invite and if you have an iphone um let just put it up on instagram if you have got instagram uh, or let me know i might have an invite uh, at the time of when you're hearing this i think i've got three invites at the moment although i keep trying to invite new people uh to get them on the app so they can take part Now, talking about social media, there's also another development in social media land. There is a Matt Loves Cameras Film Photography Podcast chat group on Facebook now. So this is just a little group where I can sort of chat to people, ask them for my ideas, ask them questions, see what they think about, you know, what reviews are coming up, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to be part of that, go into Facebook and search for Matt Loves Cameras Film Photography Podcast chat. And um, it's it's not a very busy group. I don't think it's ever going to become like a negative positives Facebook group or a film photography chat Facebook group. Uh, but it's nice. It's it's nice and small, and uh, that's good because um, you know usually the the bigger a group gets, all, all the troublemakers roll in when a when a group gets too big. And uh, I haven't got time to be turfing out troublemakers. So at the moment, it's just nice people, which is which is good. But we'll try and keep it that way. So let's crack on with the review of Lomochrome Purple. Lomochrome Purple is a film sold by Lomography. Of course, Lomography is the brand name for the Lomographic Society International, which was formed in Vienna, Austria in 1992. And uh, throughout the late 20th and early 21st centuries, they really were a shining light promoting film photography, especially during those dark days when when digital. came in and uh, digital was spreading everywhere. People were getting rid of film cameras. Film sales were nosediving all around the world. Um, Lomography really did, uh, uh, did played a really crucial role there in uh, keeping film alive. So this film, Lomochrome Purple, was introduced in 2013. Uh, and in January that year, there was an article on their website which uh, had the headline, Introducing Lomochrome Purple, a color negative film that yields infrared results. Now you might see that and go, infrared results? What, is this an infrared film? No, it's not an infrared film at all. It's a color negative film uh, that Lomography claims yields infrared results. Now you might say, well, how can a color negative film do that? Well, it's because Lomochrome Purple is probably best described as a color shift film. When you take uh, images with the film, There are certain colors when you capture them, they shift towards other colors on the spectrum. It's even been called a purple scale film thanks to its signature look. So you kind of get that um, other world surreal sort of feel of an infrared film. But because it's a colour negative film, you can actually get it uh, developed in the same chemicals, the same C41 chemicals as other color print films, such as Fujifilm's Superior lineup and Kodak's Gold and Portra lines. So that's one big advantage. You can get this film developed in normal C41 chems. Another advantage is that you don't need a filter. So typically with color infrared film and also black and white infrared film, you would use a filter. So with Kodak Aerochrome, you typically people would use the yellow number 12 filter. Uh, Other people used orange filters or other colors, but they were put over the lens to really enhance the effects of the film. With purple, you just put it in a camera and go out and shoot, no filters required. Now, if you read that article I was just telling you about on the Lomography website that dated from January 2013, you'll see the name of a legendary Kodak color infrared film, dropped quite often, Kodak Aerochrome. And the real feel um, of reading all this PR material behind the launch of Purple, is that Lemochrome Purple really was Lemography's love letter to Kodak Aerochrome. They say that the development of this new product was due to demand from their customers for that kind of film. And they went out and they developed this film uh, due to that demand. So Kodak Aerochrome, let's talk about Kodak Aerochrome. It was a color infrared film. Uh, It was Kodak Film 1443. It was also known as Kodak Ektachrome Professional EIR, and it was an infrared sensitive false color reversal film. It was originally developed for scientific and military applications. So things like aerial surveys, uh, vegetation and forest surveys, hydrology, earth resources monitoring, and uh, stuff like that, where its infrared properties were a big advantage for those people uh, taking photos out of planes so they could have a look at those images afterwards. Now, Aerochrome was intended to be developed as a color transparency or a slide using Kodak Process AR5. Uh, But the Kodak data sheet also details how you can achieve a negative uh, with Aerochrome using Process AN6 or C41, so there you go. You could actually process Aerochrome if you really want to in C41. But most color infrared film these days is actually developed as a transparency using the E6 uh, slide process, which is a pretty good match for that original AR5 process. Despite their original scientific and military applications, Kodak's infrared films were often used for artistic purposes by the film community, due to the unique way they rendered the world, giving a surreal, dreamy view of otherwise ordinary scenes. And certainly this is what the folks at Lomography wanted to capitalise on with this new launch of Lomochrome Purple. It also shifted colours to create this uh, dreamy, otherworldly scenes. So although Lomochrome Purple was announced in January 2013, it wasn't until July 2013 that the first rolls of the film got into customers' hands. Lomography stated that Purple, making Purple, takes a little longer to produce than other emulsions, which could explain this delay. The first run of the film was 4,000 rolls of Lemachrome Purple in 120 format, and they sold for around 11 US dollars a roll, and 3,500 rolls in 35 mil format, and they sold for around 9 US dollars a roll. And it's important to note that this was around double the cost of regular color negative films at the time. So it wasn't a cheap film, there was a price for this uh, this new product, uh, which uh, kind of a premium product I guess you could say. Reports were that film was flying off the shelves for the first couple of years after its release. Now, looking back at reviews of the film from 2013 and 2014, there was the usual mix of enthusiasm and skepticism from the community. Some people loved it, some hated it, others couldn't see the point because they could replicate the effects in Photoshop. In other words, the reaction was pretty much like any new product launch in the photographic industry. And while some people love this new film, others were disappointed with the, the purples and the color rendering of the film, saying it wasn't quite as they imagined it. Um, but who knows? It could have been a whole variety of, of, uh, of reasons for that. In 2017, Lomography announced a reformulated emulsion, which increased the film's sensitivity to red hues, improved exposure at the recommended setting of ISO 400, and significantly reduced grain. Curiously, these were the same benefits stated with the launch of the 2019 formula a couple of years later, and all recent boxes of Lomochrome Purple sold bare the text, new 2019 formula. In early 2020, Purple became available in the 110 film format, which is, of course, is a format that Lomography have long championed, which is fantastic. And it also became available in Lomography's Simple Use 35mm cameras. So they're sort of like a disposable camera, uh, but a a disposable camera that you can reload and you, you can buy one off the shelf with Purple already in it. So what effect does Lomochrome Purple have on photos? What a great question. So let's go right to the source, Lomography, and here's what they say in their original press material. Blue becomes green, green becomes purple, and yellow becomes pink. Red tones stay red, though, which keeps skin tones looking natural in a sea of trippy hues. Uh, And while all of this is true, your results may depend on the lighting conditions that you shoot in, what kind of camera you use, and how you rate the film in terms of its ISO value or the, the sensitivity to light. You might also find some cool surprises along the way, and what they didn't mention in their promo material that I worked out was pink Quite often becomes yellow, which was a very nice surprise. Uh, They do mention yellow becoming pink, but they didn't mention pink becoming yellow. As for natural looking skin tones, well, I mean, they're not bad, but I'm not sure I'd exactly describe them as natural. Uh, Let's just say they're a whole lot better than a film that came out after Purple. Uh, Another film they released is Lomochrome Turquoise, and Lomochrome Turquoise made people look like smurfs. uh, Blue skin. So uh, I, I think the skin tones are better than turquoise. Uh, are they not bad? Are they completely natural? Mm, I don't think the jury's out on that one. So uh, on the website, I've actually done, uh, if if you're kind of struggling to get your head around how the colors shift, I've actually done a a comparison on the website, Uh, my website mattlovescameras.com. look for the article about Lomography Purple, and you'll see a side-by-side comparison of two shots that I took down at one of my local beaches. Uh, So the first one was taken on my Vivitar uh, Ultra Wide and Slim, which is a plastic camera with a single aperture, single shutter speed um, and has no ISO selector. So you just throw a roll of film in and hope for the best. It was a lovely bright day. And I took this, uh, I think around midday on, a, I think it was a winter sort of day. And um, you'll see there, there's a, a picture of the beach there with uh, the sky's all aqua and the sand is all this ready purple brown. And then if you scroll down, you'll see the same shot. And I took this with a very, very similar camera. In fact, it's pretty much the same camera. It is a Superheads wide and slim, which is a pretty much a copy of the Vivitar ultra wide and slim. It has the same focal length. It has the same shutter speed, the same aperture. It has no ISO selector. It has the same harsh vignetting as the ultra wide and slim. So it's it's pretty much a copy of the ultra wide and slim. And if you scroll down and look at those two photos, you can see the really dramatic effect uh, that purple has on your image. It's absolutely wonderful, I I really, really love it. In the image, as I said, the the blue sky becomes aqua green, Uh, the the pink boat becomes like a yellow colour, the yellow boy around near the boat, it becomes pink, the the golden brown sand sort of becomes purple brown. So it's a really good example of how the film sort of changes that sort of natural view into something otherworldly and dreamy and different. So one of the really cool things about Lomochrome Purple is that it's a variable ISO film. So what does that mean? It means that you can expose it within a wide range of light sensitivity, measured by the ISO standard, with good results. So on the pack they put it's a ISO 100 to 400 film. So you can shoot it anywhere in that range and you should get good results. Now, of course, that assumes that you're using a camera where you can set the ISO speed. So a lot of older film cameras, uh, they've usually got a dial on them and you can set the ISO speed on the camera that way. Or a lot of the more modern, more expensive uh, modern film cameras, you can actually dial in the film speed or ISO that way. Uh, so that's really good. You can you can dial in whatever you want there. Uh, now, but with some of the cameras, say, I don't know, from the 1990s to early 2000s, they don't have any way for you to set the ISO speed, especially point-and-shoots. They read the DX code of the film, uh, which could be a little bit of a problem because the canisters of Lomo Chrome Purple do not have DX codes. So what's going to happen? If you have a Mewtwo, for example, uh, or the uh, Stylus Epic, you can't set the ISO speed manually on the camera so if you put a roll of Lomo purple in there it's going to go to the film's default ISO value which is 100 which is okay I mean you can still shoot purple in the stylus epic the Mewtwo that's great but it'll it'll shoot it at 100. Uh, Just be a little bit careful though because there are some film cameras out there that don't have a default speed of ISO 100. For example, my beautiful little Konica Big Mini, its default ISO speed is 25, which is kind of ridiculous. But there you go. The, the, the default ISO speed of the Big Mini is 25. So if you put that in there, uh, the Lemochrome Purple, you're going to get some weird and wonderful results, I think, uh, with that. Now, of course, as I've already mentioned, uh, one of the the cameras that I have shot Lumichrome Purple in was the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim. And as I've already said, it has no ISO selector. So it has one shutter, One shutter speed, one aperture, and no ISO selector. So what I did there was I just put the roll of film in the camera and went out on a beautiful, bright, sunny day. And I'm really, really happy with the results I got from the camera. And uh, I will explain, I will describe all of the images uh, in the review very soon. And uh, you can see them all at mattlovescameras.com. Now, with more modern cameras, when you set the ISO, you sort of set the ISO when you put the film in, and it sort of shoots it at that... Uh, in speed for the entire role. However, there's a bit of a trick if you've got an older film camera uh, like the Olympus Pen FT, a beautiful 1960s Japanese half-frame camera, which I have, and it's got an ISO dial. Uh, you can actually just play around with the ISO dial as you're shooting. And uh, what I did was I shot a whole series of images at my local lighthouse, Cleveland Lighthouse here in Brisbane. And I shot uh, different images of the lighthouse by moving that uh, ISO dial and I shot one at ISO 400, one at ISO 200 and one at ISO 100. So I did that by leaving the aperture the same throughout and as I changed the ISO dial, uh, the cameras light meter recommended me using different shutter speeds. So uh, one for the normal ISO 200 photo and then one uh, faster when I put it up to ISO 400 and then of course a shutter speed slower when I did ISO 100. So you can see all of those images on the review as well, just to see the different uh, effect that the different ISO will have on the film. Uh, the the higher ISO value, like ISO 400, it has more of a more intense red-purple color, more of a red sort of tinge, whereas the lower 100, ISO 100 speed uh, sort of has a more paler look to it. And then the ISO 200 is somewhere in the middle, although it's probably closer to ISO 100. It looks more like the ISO 100 image than, say, the ISO 400. So the, it really is interesting. You can, you know, if you've got one of those older cameras where you've got an ISO dial, you might be able to play around with that and get all sorts of, of cool, weird and wacky sort of results uh, just by playing around with your ISO dial. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. So there's a couple of more parts of my review to go, but I think at this stage uh, it's a good it's a good juncture to describe some of the images uh, so far that I've have uh, been talking about and uh, that are featured on the review at mattlovescameras.com. So the first image, as you scroll down the review page, is a is some silos, an old sort of railway line, and that was taken in the uh, the city or the town of Warwick in southern Queensland, and the sort of green. In the foreground has turned purple and the sky has turned aqua, and it's just a really lovely image. I really, really love that image, and that was taken with my Canon AF 35ML, which is a 1980s point and shoot. The next image down, taken with the same camera, was at Brisbane Airport and uh, again that's taken on ISO 200 as the the first image and the second image both taken at ISO 200 and that was just taken uh, outside the sort of the the steel fence with the barbed wire at the airport there and of course that was taken during the COVID times well we're still in the COVID times aren't we Uh, but all a lot of the planes there were grounded near the maintenance shed and I really like that image there's a couple of really cool sort of pink red lights in the bottom of the image I have no idea what they were from memory uh, but I really do like that image. The next image is really trippy. Uh, I was walking around the suburb of Greenslopes in Brisbane and I was walking along the streets and I saw this lemon tree and so with my Olympus Pen FT and the 40mm lens I took a picture of the lemon tree and as you can see in the image there the lemons have turned pink. Uh, so I really like that image it's really cool and of course the is some clouds in the background and the sky is that aqua color again. The next image I think Oh, can you hear that? I think my family are making some kind of dinner or some kind of treats. My daughter's already made chocolate chip cookies today. And they're, they're, you know, they've got the blender out because that's what I like when I'm recording a podcast. I love them in the kitchen using a blender. <laughs> anyway, um, the next image down is probably my one of my favorite images that I've taken on Lomichrome Purple. It's the only 120 roll of Lomichrome Purple I've taken, and I took it on my Pentax 645N2. And it's off some dandelions, yellow dandelions. But of course, because they're yellow dandelions, they come out as pink. And uh, I took that with the 75mm lens, the FA 75mm lens. And I think I took it at f2.8. And it's just this beautiful bokeh or bokeh or whatever you say, whatever the word is. Uh, But the the out-of-focus areas are beautiful and soft and lovely. And um, I really like this image. And I think I'm going to take a few more like that. And it was actually really, we went away for the weekend um, and it was really wet. It rained for like 48 hours. And so some of the images on the film didn't turn out too well because of the, 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 the crappy weather. But this one turned out really nicely. The next image down is just uh, an image of some the film canisters and the film packets of Lomochrome Purple. And then the one after that was taken on that same weekend. Uh, it was taken just before, uh, the dandelion picture. It's my daughter and she's actually up against a blue kind of door, uh, with the paint peeling off. Uh, but because of the, uh, of the color shift properties of Loma purple, it looks like a green, green sort of door. Um, her skin tone, I wouldn't say they're natural looking. They kind of got a reddish magenta tinge to them, but I really like them. Her eyes and her lips, uh, have shifted color. Uh, Uh, But I do really like that image. Uh, So you can get some really funky, um, super fun portraits with Lomo Purple. And of course, that again was taken on the Pentax 645N2 rated at ISO 200. The next two images down are the ones I've already uh, talked about. The two images on the beach, one with the uh, Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim and the next one with Kodak Ultramax, just to show you the comparison uh, taken on the Superheads Wide and Slim. The next image down was taken at uh, Capalabar, or as we like to call it locally here in Brisbane, Crapalabar. It's of some palm trees. Uh, Looking up at the palm trees, it looks like somewhere cool like California, but uh, it's just Capalabar. It was taken on the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim with uh, Lermochrome Purple. The next image down is a composite of three images, those three lighthouse images I was telling you about shot at different ISO speeds. Uh, from left to right, ISO 400, ISO 200 and ISO 100, just so you can get the feel of the different ISO values. The next image down is of Warwick Town Hall, again taken with the Canon AF 35mm and uh, the old town hall which is like sandstone sort of town hall looking very sort of pinky purple and there's a palm tree in the foreground and the, the sky is beautiful and blue but it, of course it's turned aqua on the purple film the next one it was taken on the Olympus Pen FT. And it's, of course, it's my faithful companion, Marshall Dalmatian. I actually really love this image. It's one of my, it's probably one of my favorite images of Marshall ever. Uh, he's just kind of looking off camera. Uh, you can see his big sharp teeth. And uh, yeah, and the, and the the grass behind him is turned purple. And uh, yeah, he, he looks beautiful. And I actually managed to nail focus with a manual focus camera. So that's probably one of the reasons why I like that image. Uh, The next image down, you can probably see here um, a a case where maybe it doesn't do as well. So this was an image on that wet weekend, taken with the Pentax 645N2. I really wanted to shoot these sunflowers, knowing that the yellow sunflowers would come out pink. And I achieved that. There are some pink sunflowers in the image. But because it was grey, the top, I don't know, the top fifth of the image is just completely white and creamy sort of white colour and um you know if it had been a blue sky it would have been a nice aqua color uh but in those gray conditions yeah it just i don't know it's a little bit flat Uh, i'm not sure i really like that image uh that much i think it would have done way better if it had been a sunny day but couldn't do much about the weather that day the show notes at mattlovescameras.com if you're on instagram come say hi at mattlovescameras or if you fancy getting in touch drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com you might be thinking, well, who makes Lomochrome Purple? Of course, it's well known in the community that uh, Lomography have their colour print films, well, quite a few of their colour print films made for them by Kodak. Uh, So, you know, quite often you'll see Made in the USA on boxes because they're they're Kodak films that are sort of rebadged as Lomography films. So, who makes Lomochrome Purple? Well, the manufacturer of this film has been subject to much speculation in the film community over the last few years. Some of the original 2013 films were reportedly boxed uh, with Made in Europe on them, while others were Made in China. And certainly all of the 2019 formulation films that I have say made in China. And could it be that Lomochrome Purple is a regular color negative film that's then sent to China and finished off by a company there? Or is there a factory somewhere in China pumping out Lomochrome Purple from scratch? Uh, well, for now, that seems to be a closely guarded secret. Chinese involvement in the film would typically point to China lucky film, but it's been reported that they stopped the manufacturer of color films several years ago. So for now, it's a bit of a mystery. Now, another mystery is why? Why do Lomography use the word chrome in their color negative films? Now, this is the the, the source of much uh, aggravation or, or much angst from some film photographers who sort of say something along the lines of this. Chrome is a word used for slide films. Why are Lomography using it? in the name of their color negative films. So it's true that Chrome has been used, the suffix Chrome has been used throughout the photographic history for slide films such as Fujichrome, Kodachrome and chrome So yes, when you first see Lomachrome, you could be forgiven for thinking that it is a slide film, but it's not. Now, if you go right back to the dawn of the 20th century, there was the first ever film that used the suffix Chrome on it. Now it was sold by a company called Rattan and Wainwright and it was a black and white film called Verichrome. That's right the first ever film to use the name chrome I believe was Verichrome and it was not a Kodak Verichrome it was Rattan and Wainwright's Verichrome. That company was bought by Kodak in 1912 and the name Verichrome was then resurrected later for Kodak's black and white film. In 1936, Kodak launched a new film, a new color reversal film or color slide film called Kodachrome. And then with subsequent color negative films, they gave the suffix color. So you had this convention of Kodak using the words chrome and color for different color films. So color slide film, Kodachrome, color negative film, colour. And this was used by other manufacturers such as Fujifilm. So Fujifilm's slide film was Fujichrome. Fujifilm's color negative film was Fujicolor. So this was kind of a convention that was kept on by the the film manufacturers through the latter half of the 20th century, despite the fact that Kodak did resurrect the name Verichrome for a black and white film. My sort of take is this, go easy on Lomography. The name Lomochrome seems to be a hat tip to the inspiration behind Lomochrome Purple, which of course was Kodak Ericrome. In recent years, Lomography has given the name Lomochrome to other films such as Lomochrome Turquoise and Lomochrome Metropolis, both of which of course are also color negative films. So throughout 2020, I shot four rolls of Lomochrome Purple on four different cameras. The Canon AF35ML, an 80s point and shoot, the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim, the Cult Classic, Plastic Fantastic, the Olympus Pen FT, a beautiful 1960s Japanese high frame camera, and the Pentax 645N2. I absolutely love the images that I've shot with my rolls of Purple, perhaps more than any other film emulsion that I've shot in recent memory. There's such a fun, dreamy feeling to the images shot on purple, and it gives you a really different perspective of the world, much like the inspiration behind the film Kodak Aerochrome. I think I've had way more keepers shooting purple than any other type of film, and perhaps the only time when I didn't have great results was on that wet weekend away, just because the completely grey skies and the rain didn't particularly make for uh, great photos anyway. So who would enjoy shooting Lomochrome Purple? Well, I've often thought there's kind of an art science continuum with photography. At one end, you have experimental, arty photographers that embody the philosophy behind Lomography, which is don't think, just shoot. They grab any camera, any film, expire, doesn't really matter, and they go out and shoot. At the other end, you have very technical photographers who like every single shot to be metered and exposed correctly, uh, and they only shoot with precision camera equipment. And in between those two extremes, there's probably everybody else. I think that purple is more likely to appeal to the arty crowd rather than the technical crowd, uh, simply because of the colour shifts and the weird effect it has. Nevertheless, I would encourage everybody to get out there and shoot a few rolls of Lomochrome purple. Is Lomochrome Purple the new Aerochrome? No. Although there are similarities, it's really unfair to compare the two as they're fundamentally different emulsions. Is Lomochrome Purple a fantastic film in its own right? yes yes it is get out there and shoot a roll and find out for yourself and now is the perfect time to shoot purple uh so here's a nice segue to the purple competition matt loves purple is the working name for the competition although we will find a better name for the zine uh so if you go along to mattlovescameras.com you will see the loma purple review uh, which pretty much is just a text version of this uh, podcast and you'll also be able to find uh, in a different post, all the details of the new competition. Uh, and that post on the website is called New Film Photography Competition, Matt Loves Purple. And if you go on there, there's the uh, the rules for the competition. So I'll briefly go through them now. Number one, you must shoot a roll of Limecron Purple between the 1st of February, 2021 and the 30th of April, 2021. Now, um, I'm pretty flexible with extensions, uh, but I don't really want to make it too much past the 30th of April, so we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, it may be a few days' uh, leeway, uh, but certainly try and get your entries in on or before the closing date of 30th of April, 2021. Rule number two, you can shoot Lomochrome Purple in any format, 35mm, 120 110 or by using Purple in one of Lomography's simple use cameras. Rule number three, you can use any camera. Rule number four, you can rate the film at any ISO you like. Rule number five, you can shoot anywhere in the world. So there you go, it's pretty open. All you really need to do is shoot a roll of purple. And you might be thinking, well, how do I enter Matt? That is a great question. We'll go along to Matt Loves Cameras and the uh, the post that I've just been talking about. And on that page, there is a link to the entry form. And like previous uh, competitions, it goes to a Google form. And you have to sign in with Google. So if you haven't got a Google account and you or you hate Google or something, uh, you know, let me know. And we can work something out. But otherwise, you need to sign in with Google. You can upload four of your favorite images, four of your favorite purple images. And you can put your name, your social media details. You can give me information on the camera you used, how you rated the film, what kind of camera it was, all that kind of stuff. And then you have to agree to the images potentially going into the zine. And that's about it. Uh, so there you go. Head along to mattlovescameras.com. All of the info is on there. If you would like to support this podcast, why not buy our data coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Matt And buy him a coffee for just $3. Thank you again to all the wonderful people who've made a donation to help with the running costs of this show through coffee.com com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. And in this episode, I would love to thank our friend in Bangkok, Sirot Seta, who is who uh, has, has emailed in the show before to show me his wonderful collection of cameras. Uh, very compact cameras, much like me. We have very, very similar tastes in cameras by the look of it. Uh, if you remember from a few episodes back, he has a Canon... Um, Prima AS1, he has a Olympus LT1, he has a Minox, and he has the Fujifilm Class S. So um, yeah, very, very similar uh, tasting cameras. And Sirot sent me three coffees, $9. US So it's very, very kind. Thank you so much to Sirot. And I sent him uh, a little bit late after he took a couple of weeks. I'm sorry, Sirot, for the delay. But I sent him just tonight, I sent him a PDF version of my first film photography zine every summer. So I hope he enjoys that so of course we've mentioned Kodak Erichrome quite a few times on this episode of the podcast now speaking of older discontinued Kodak films well a few weeks ago I was listening to George's excellent on the streets podcast definitely check out on the streets if you haven't already and George mentioned that he'd heard an interview I think it was between the folks at Silvergrain Classics and a representative from Kodak. And they said that they plan to release one new product this year and revive another. <laughs> so bring back one from the past. So if that's true, that is very, very good news for 2021, isn't it? So what I did was I thought this is fascinating. I posed a question in three different places. So I went to um, a group of people on Messenger. I went to my Facebook group, Matt Loves Cameras Film Photography Chat Facebook group, and I also went to my Instagram stories, and I asked the question, what film would you like to see Kodak release this year? And I'll just take you through some of the answers now. So the first cab off the rank was the Instagram account for my pooch, for my dog, Marshall Dalmatian. And the answer was, what is Kodak? Uh, What is Kodak? Marshall Dalmatian, you should know better. I've got a Kodak t-shirt I walk you in sometimes. Uh, But no, I think that was one of my family um, behind the Marshall Dalmatian Instagram accounts asking me what Kodak is. The next person to answer was on Instagram was, hey, this is Adam. That's a great username. Hey, this is Adam. And hey, this is Adam said Ericrome. What a great answer. If only they would bring back Erichrome. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Next person was Drunk underscore Darkroom, who of course is Mike Kukovica, who is a a name that I'm sure many people who listen to podcasts will know. And uh, Mike said P3200 in 120. That is another good, another very popular answer, actually. A lot of people uh, really want that to come back. The next person was Joseph, whose Instagram account is Jojo underscore Riv, and Joseph said, more slide film or a classic colour neg film? Love your thinking there, Joseph. That is exactly right up my alley, that kind of answer. So, yes, well done. Um, the next person was Bish." Uh, Nofo Beach on Instagram. Uh, who is this person Nofo they haven't posted anything, but uh, they do follow me and I follow them. And they said Kodak instant with the laugh laughing cry emoji. Uh, yes, I think uh, I think I did reply with an answer something along the lines of that massive huge lawsuit in the uh, 80s and into the 90s probably put an end to any ideas of Kodak instant coming back ever. The next person was This Mighty Peril, and they said Gold 200 in 120. Yes, that's a great answer. Next person was W.B. Smith 200, who, of course, is Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival, of course, out of Canada. And um, Bill said Plus X, exclamation mark. Plus X, exclamation mark. He really wants that Plus X. The next person was Roller 82, and Rollercore82 said, ooh, Verichrome. Now it would be nice to see that come back. Yes, indeed it would. The next answer was from Max Wonderlush. Max Wonderlush And Max wrote P3200 in 120. Again, that's a very popular choice. Pero underscore Mugre, M-U-G-R-E, Pero underscore Mugre, <laughs> wrote Vericolor 3. Yes, that's a good choice as well. And Jeff Greenstein. Jeff Greenstein, there's a familiar name. Do you recognize it? Of course, Jeff is the host, one of the hosts of iDream of Cameras. So definitely check out iDream of Cameras. Uh, I almost almost unsubscribed from iDream of Cameras the other day when, when Jeff dared to ask the question is taking images, or is photography with a point-and-shoot, real photography. But, you know, I I got through that episode, and I've decided to forgive him for such a blasphemous um, statement. (laughs) So, uh, it's a really good podcast, so check that out. And uh, Jeff put Panatomic X, Panatomic X. Uh, Wyatt on film, who, of course, is Junior Wyatt. Hello, Junior. He wrote double X in 120. And that was all of the Instagram answers now let's look at the answers from the Matt Loves Cameras Film Photography Podcast chat group on Facebook. So first person there was, oh can you hear that thunder? There's a bit of a thunderstorm going on here in the background. It's very, very hot today. Uh, really, really hot. Uh, summer has definitely come back and a big storm rolled in a while ago. So it was a bit, a bit of lightning and stuff. Hopefully we won't lose any power. Uh, but anyway, let's keep going. So the first person to answer in the Facebook group was Paul Wheeler. Paul, of course, has taken part in the challenges uh, Pantastic and Sprocktastic. Long time listener of the show. G'day, Paul. And Paul wrote, it doesn't exist, but I'd like to see Kodak Ektar 400 all the things I love about Kodak Ektar, but in a 400 speed film. And I replied to him in the group and I put, ah, well, it kind of has existed. So once upon a time, there was a film called Kodak Royal Gold. Kodak Royal Gold was essentially Ektar. It was the same thing. And you could get this film in 400 speed. So you could get Kodak Royal Gold 400, And I actually posted up an image uh, from the interwebs of Kodak Royal Gold 400. Uh, so there you go. Um, so that, that is a product they could, in theory, bring back. Wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? Uh, who else we've got here? We've got Paul Hopper. Oh, that's my son in the background <laughs> making weird noises. Um, Paul Hopper. Gosh, it's like a zoo here some nights, I tell you. Uh, Paul Hopper wrote, Plus X, fine grain, great contrast. Another person for Plus X. And um, what else going through here? Matt Melcher, of course, from the Box of Cameras podcast, he wrote, Pan. I've shot a role that was 50 years expired and it was beautiful. Let's have some more of that. And Sam Warner wrote Kodak BW400CN, Black and White Portrait. And of course, that's uh, Kodak BW400CN. I think it was sometimes actually branded as Black and White Portrait. I've heard that. I'm not sure if I've heard that or I've actually seen boxes of it, Uh, but it does sort of jog my memory. I believe it was a C41 black and white film. So probably like the Kodak equivalent of Ilford's XP2. Uh, So very interesting choice there from Sam. The last, but certainly not the least group of people that I posed this question to was the Film Photography Podcasters Union, the FPPU Local 69. Uh, that's, what, that's what Mike Gutterman calls it. Uh, I'm not sure where that name came from, but there you go. The FPPU Local 69. It's a Facebook Messenger chat group between us film photography podcasters, which is a lot of fun. Now, there's a lot of uh, drivel, a, a, lot of, a lot of chats, sorry, a lot of chats in the group, um, so so I asked this question and the answers kind of rolled in over, I don't know, 24 hours. So I hope I've got them all. I hope I captured them all here. Um, but the first person to answer was Mike Gutterman, negative positives. And he said, T-Max 3,200 in 120 plus X in 35 and 120. It's actually three choices, isn't it? Um, so you know, it's only it's only one film coming back and one new one. So I don't know. I think um, I think Mike's you know you know hoping for too much there. <laughs> Henry from the Tales from the Magic Box podcast said Ectar four hundred, and then he followed that up with I don't really care what it is. I'm just glad they are able to do this. Yes, very true. George from on the streets wrote Gold in one twenty would be nice. A very popular choice again andre dominguez said i have to agree with mike still waiting for p3200 in 120 and a slow cubic grain stock like plus x will be badass certainly would eat into my fp4 time well does that mean that uh, plus x is like fp4 because if it is like let's just shoot fp4 keep ilford afloat and let kodak release a beautiful color film <laughs> let's, let's sort of sacrifice that you know sacrifice the black and white film uh, let's just do the color No, only checking, only checking. Uh, What else? Um, Bill Manning from Studio C41 wrote, Any consumer 120 film, be it Color Plus 200, Gold 200, or Ultra Max 400. Yes, another very popular choice there. Sherry from Embrace the Grain wrote, Gold 200 in 120 or Verichrome. Alex from the Classic Camera Revival wrote, New version of Panatomic X in 35, 120, and Sheets. Jess from NegPoz wrote Gold in 120 as well. Andre from NegPoz, again, Andre's having another bite of the cherry here. Gold 120, Gold in 120, and P3200 in 120 and 4x5. Uh, so Andre's having about five bites of the cherry here. I, I believe they're only, you know, releasing one new one and one old one, and uh, people are getting a little bit greedy now. Um, uh, Bill from Studio C41 wrote, oh, God, p P3- 3 P3200 in four by five with a big drool face. And I think that is it. I'm just going down the conversation. I think that's that's it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's a little smattering of opinion from the film photography podcasters. Now, of course, all of this speculation is based on that chat between Silver Grain Classics people and a representative from Kodak. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, believe it as 100% gospel because you never know. We're living in an uncertain times. Hopefully, this will happen. Fingers crossed. If they said it's going to happen, hopefully it will. Uh, but um, yeah. I thought it'd be a bit of fun to see what people are really looking forward to. I've just found out what all the commotion with my son in the background is. He won a victory royale uh, in Fortnite Battle Royale. (laughs) So there you go. He's very excited and he's um, bouncing around the house. Uh, So let's talk about what I would like to see. We've heard about everyone else. What about me? Well, um, you probably are going to guess what I want to see. So first on my list is high-speed color film. I would love something to replace superior 1600 also known as natura 1600 in our hearts and in our cameras so wouldn't it be wonderful if kodak brought out Portra 1600 my gosh i would buy a ton of that second on my list is a film they have had before in the deep dark past kodak ektar 1000 which was labeled kodak royal gold 1000 i would love to see that I'd also love to see Kodak Gold 800. Of course, at the moment, it's only available in disposable cameras. And uh, in a Clubhouse chat that I was in the other day, uh, there was a guy called Tim who works at Kodak and everyone was quizzing him. Mike, I think from NegPoz had arranged him to be in the chat. And Mike actually said, Mike Gutterman said to him, you know, why isn't Gold 800 available for consumers to buy off the shelf? The only way you can get it is in the uh, disposable cameras. And uh, Tim, I don't think he had a direct answer, but the only sort of thing he said about that was that Kodak can't keep up with demand uh, for the sales of those uh, disposable cameras. They're kind of flying off the shelves quicker than they can make them. So that's uh, that's very good news and it's a very interesting news as well. that's it for this episode of matt loves cameras i hope you have enjoyed the show there'll be another podcast coming along very soon i promise Uh, if you haven't already get out there and buy some of that beautiful lomochrome lomography purple in 35 mm in 120 or in 110 and get out there and shoot that throughout february march and april and join in with matt loves purple and i promise you we will find a better name for the zine than matt loves purple that's it for this time take care Cheerio. Bye-bye.